G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Next, a very special edition of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Sydney, Australia, how you doing? I need everybody's help on this one. You ready? Put your hands together like this. Come on. Yeah. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, come on down to that river. Guaranteed you'll never be the same. The bells of fountain flowing from the heart of the Savior. Bring your sins and all your guilty stains. By the blood of Jesus, everything will change. You live that river of life, wash it all away. Let me hear you sing, come on. As part of expanding the gospel reach of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, Leading the Way is partnering with local churches to reach and disciple communities and regions. Recently, Dr. Youssef brought a powerful evangelistic message to thousands gathered in Sydney. Mac Powell led in worship and people not only heard the gospel, but also learned how they can spread the grace of Jesus where they live and beyond. In fact, we understand that more than 350 people came forward to receive Jesus as their saviour at this event alone. Up next, portions of that special evening in Sydney. You're invited to praise God for the many lives impacted and being challenged from God's Word on this edition of Leading the Way. Learn more about Leading the Way's worldwide impact when you visit ltw.org. You know, this event was supposed to take place in 2020. But thank God that uh, that little virus, which you can't see, had shut down the world for two years. And so we postponed it to 2022. And I'm glad to uh, come all the way here and share this evening with you. The amazing thing about this tiny virus... (laughs) is that, at least to me, in my way of thinking, is that it produced an unprecedented fear in the lives of hundreds of millions of people around the world. Not only that, but we saw how easily a brutal authoritarianism can rise so quickly in the so-called Western democracy. I know you've experienced some of it here. And that is why I am absolutely thrilled and delighted and privileged to come here tonight and tell you about the peace that no virus, no authoritarianism, and no nuclear weapon can destroy. Even when all of hell breaks loose, you can never lose that peace, that peace that only Jesus can give us. That peace that makes no sense to this evil fallen world and only Jesus can give us. That peace that boggles the mind of the human mind in general can only be received from only one person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ who said, Come unto me, come unto me, 
Now, here's an dis- indisputable fact about Christ's invitation. Come to me. No one, no one in all of human history could ever say or have said, come to me. Not one. Jesus is not asking us to come to a philosophy or come to a lifestyle or come to a religion or come to a denomination or come to a psychology. No. He said, come to me. Can you say that with me? You see, philosophers and founders of religion have spoken eloquently. They have spoken words that kindled emotions and passions. They have uttered inspiring words. They have made profound statements, some of them anyway. They have motivated people. They have inspired people. And yet, none of them could say, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. None could say that except Jesus. There can be no doubt that our world is filled with human weariness. I don't have to tell you that. You turn on the news every night. Our world is filled with emotional weariness. Our world is filled with weariness of fear and anxiety. And yes, our world is filled with religious weariness. But in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, when Jesus uttered those words, that invitation, come to me. He is the only one in all of human history that have uttered such outlandish invitation. Let me put this in context, okay? I would like to put things in context. The great men who taught me the Scripture taught me to love the Scripture 50 years ago when I started at Moore College. Always told me, always put the text in the context, and that's what I want to do. That moment when Jesus pronounced that invitation, that moment when Jesus said to the crowd that was standing there, come unto me. It was a very difficult time for the followers of Jesus, as it is today. This was right after John the Baptist was imprisoned and could die any moment. John the Baptist himself, the great preacher, the great evangelist, in prison began to go through doubt and fear. You see, the question is not that you have some doubts. It's what you do with that doubt, whether you stay in that doubt or you move on. And so, he sent a message to Jesus saying, are you the one? Are you the one? You see, that time was a time that was filled with a great deal of cynicism and weariness of religious leaders. This was a time of weariness of empty religious rituals. This was a time when people were tired and weary of empty religious performances. People were exhausted looking for a meaning in life, just as they are today. People were exhausted of the burden of sin and guilt, just as they are today. And that is why rich and poor, young and old, they all went into the wilderness to hear this rough-talking preacher by the name of John the Baptist. His candor was such a refreshing experience for them. And John the Baptist had the one primary mission, one mission, and that is to prepare the way for the Messiah. He's to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus into the world. But as I said, John the Baptist ended up in prison, and he's going through his own doubt. And so he sent Jesus the question, 
Are you the one? Are you the promised Messiah? Are you the hope of the world? Are you the one that we have been waiting for for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years? And Jesus responds in Matthew 11, 28, 29, was very simple. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened with life and troubles and fear and anxiety, and I'll give you rest. This is an invitation that only Jesus could give. And tonight I want to talk to you about three things, three double-barrel pillars. The first one is a double burden, and the second, the double invitation, and thirdly, the double blessing. I want that to just sink in in your mind so you don't forget it, okay? I'm going to come back to it. But this invitation that Jesus issued at that time, it was not just for those who were standing there in the, among the crowd. It was an invitation that was issued for every human being throughout history, throughout time and eternity. All those who live on the face of the earth. It's for everyone here and those who are watching around the world. It's an invitation to men, women, boys, and girls of all nationalities, of all race, and of all ethnic groups. And here's another fact that I need to tell you. Jesus is not only the only one who could issue that invitation, but because Jesus is the only Lord of the whole universe, and because He's the only Lord of the whole universe, He's the creator of the universe, the Bible said it's through whom and for whom the whole universe was created. Therefore, Jesus is the only one who could say, come to me. All of you who are filled with guilt and stress, come to me, all of you who are desperate to know that there is a place for forgiveness, that there is place for peace, that there is place for comfort, that there is a place for mercy, and there is a place for grace. Come unto me, all you who are weary in spirit. Come unto me, who feel defeated in life. Come unto me, who feel helpless and hopeless. Come unto me, all who are crushed by fear and anxiety and worry. Come unto me, all you who are depressed and discouraged. Come unto me, all who are enslaved to sin and addiction, and I will set you free. Amen. Amen. Only Jesus can set you free. I thank God for all the other stuff. I thank God for science. I thank God for medicine. I thank God for counseling. I thank God for everything. But Jesus can set you free. You see, during his earthly life, our Lord Jesus went about, found men and women, boys and girls, who were searching for meaning for life. Those whose minds were uncertain about the future. Those whose souls were restless within them. Those whose hearts were filled with unbelief. Those who hunger and thirst for authenticity. And he would call them, come to me. Come to me. Come to me who are weary and with life's troubles. All of you who have burdened with grief and sorrow over your loss. All of you who have despaired of falsehoods and deceptions, come to me, all of you who live in fear and terror, all of you who have become cynical with what's going on. 
And with this background, let me now tell you, go back to those three things I mentioned earlier. Double trouble, double invitation, double blessing. Because Jesus made us, He knew that all of humanity, and I've been around the world 67 times in the last 45 years, all of humanity suffers from double burden. And that is why Jesus is the only one who could offer this double invitation. And if, for those who receive that invitation and respond to Him, He promised double blessing. All of humanity suffers from this burden of life. All fear that they are laboring in vain. All feel that they're carrying huge burden. One of my colleagues, the pastor, was telling me about somebody. He said he walks around as if he's carrying a refrigerator on his back. You know people like that. You might be one of them. Today, that burden will be lifted in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Having traveled a great deal in the third world countries, ever since 1977 when I did my first trip around the world, I have seen my friends in the third world country think that you, he said, you people in the West, you have it easy. You're all rich and you're all free from pain. <laughs> and they think that we, we don't have any problems. Yet we don't have any difficulties. So I often tell them that wealth has nothing to do with the peace of mind that only Jesus can give you. In fact, I can tell you categorically that there is more suicide among young people in the United States of America than in any other country. And so I tell them, that doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have, the problem, the core problem, the heart of the problem is sin. And the problem of sin is universal. So the question is, what are those double burdens? They are travailing, and they are burdens. They're both two sides of the same coin, really. They're both sides of the human weariness. One is active, one is passive. The word burden expresses the weariness of carrying a heavy load. It means being tired of carrying a heavy burden of sin and guilt and worry and anxiety. It doesn't merely mean that uh, it is a physical burden, it can be that, but it is mostly a spiritual burden. It is an emotional burden. It is a psychological burden. It is a burden of sin which we all born with. Part of the sin's curse that Adam and Eve passed on to all of humanity found in Genesis 3.19. It is the carrying of the stress and the strain of life. And the word burdened here means feeling fatigued. Stressed out. How many people do you know stressed out? How many times do you get stressed out? It means the stress of providing for your family. Now, for the students, it means the stress of studying hard in order to succeed. It means being tired of everyday problems. The weary worker, the tired businessman, the frustrated housewife, the disillusioned students, all must hear the invitation of Jesus. Come unto me. It means that the weariness of being, of sorrow and suffering, and the suffering of this insolvable relationships, the suffering 
of sickness and disease, the suffering of loss of loved ones to death. You see, the word burdened here expresses weariness of just being. It's just being. You don't have to work at it. What does it mean? Well, it means the problem of self-acceptance. Oh, my goodness, how many people I've counseled through the year in the 50 years of ministry. The problem of self-acceptance, the discontentment regarding who you are, the dissatisfaction of your lot in life, the disheartening of loneliness that is now of epidemic proportion in the West. And these are all part of that sin that we've inherited from our first parents. Sin, which we all have in our DNA by virtue of being the children of Adam and Eve. And because of this inherited sin, we have experienced weariness of being. Uh, We have shame and deprivation. Oh, we tried to cover it all up. Oh, we tried to cover it all up. (laughs) Seeking all forms of pleasure and entertainment and getting engrossed in sports. We tried to deaden that pain. We tried to numb that pain. We tried to drug that pain. But the problem is, there is the next day. There is the next day. These can never permanently satisfy us. As a matter of fact, before Jesus coming and announcing that forgiveness is only possible through His cross. A thousand years earlier, the psalmist in Psalm 38, 4 said, For my iniquity have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy for me. A thousand years later, the Lord Jesus Christ came to say, I have come to rescue you from these burdens. And that is why only Jesus, who is God of very God and became man of very man, only Jesus who could issue such an invitation, come unto me, all of you who are burdened and weary, all of you who are born with sin and sin nature, which is the root of all sins. But then we all acted on the root of that sin, and we bore fruit of sin. And that is why our only need is for the perfect, sinless God-man Jesus, the one who offered Himself as a sacrifice for both the sin nature and the act of sin. And my beloved friends, listen to me, all of humanity, all of humanity, we are over our head with sin, and we cannot by ourselves swim to a safer shore. No matter how many good things we can try to do, no matter how many times we promise ourselves we're going to do better in the future. I'm going to do better in the future. In fact, that's part of my testimony. I'm going to clean up my act. And no matter how many times we try to improve, we find ourselves drowning under the weight of sin and shame. Listen closely. Every human being who is yet to respond to Jesus' invitation, listen carefully again, let me repeat it, Every human being, and some of you perhaps here tonight, who have yet to respond to Jesus' invitation, not the ones who have responded, they're all alike Cain in Genesis 4.13. Cain said, my burden is greater than I can bear. To all guilt-weary, to all life-despairing, to all hopeless travelers, Jesus is saying to you, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me 
and I'll give you peace of mind. Come to me, and I will give you power for living. So these are the double trouble. I pray to God, come to Jesus. Give him your life. You will never regret it. So all of humanity suffers from this double trouble. Secondly, Jesus is offering double invitation. The first invitation, come to me. As I said, Jesus is not inviting you to a religion. Far from it. Jesus is not inviting you to come to a denomination. Jesus is not inviting you to come to a certain church. No. He's inviting you to come to Him. Come to Jesus. And Jesus is not inviting you to come to a preacher or a pastor. He's not inviting you to come to a prophet or a priest. They will make your life worse. Jesus is inviting you to come to Him, who is the only Savior and Lord. Jesus is inviting you to come from sin to salvation. He's inviting you to come from enslavement to sin to freedom. He's inviting you to come from death to life. He's inviting you to come from darkness and sorrow to light and joy. So God's first call to Adam, it was an invitation. Even it doesn't sound like it, but it was an invitation. When he said to him, Adam, where are you? It's not because God did not know where Adam was. No, it was because God was calling him. He was inviting him. Adam, come to me. Repent of your sin. Confess your sin, and I will forgive you. But like a good strong man, instead of repenting and responding to God's invitation, Adam offered excuses for his sins. He offered rationalization of his sin. He blamed everybody else for his sin, and certainly, like a good man, he blamed his wife. <laughs> Adam tried to pass the buck instead of repenting. God wanted to hear those words, I have sinned, forgive me, but he didn't. It is a joy for me to know that the word come, that invitation, is mentioned 1,900 times in the Bible. In Isaiah 55, 3, come and hear. In John 1, 46, come and see. In Isaiah 1, 18, come and reason with me. In Matthew 11, 28, come and rest. Isaiah 55, 1, come and buy without money. In John chapter 7, verse 37, come and drink precious living water that will never make you thirsty again. In Revelation 22, 17, come and take. Invitations all over the scripture. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. Be holy, holy, yeah. Universe declares your majesty. Be holy, holy, Lord of heaven. You're listening to portions of a very special event from Sydney, where many gathered to hear the gospel from Dr. Michael Youssef. Take a moment to learn ways leading the way is taking the gospel into six continents in 28 of the world's most spoken and understood languages when you visit ltw.org. Ltw.org. 
Ministry representatives at our call centre can also provide direction for you when you call 1300 133 589. That's 1300 133 589. And Dr Yusuf also loves getting your cards and letters. So write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Dr. Michael Youssef passionately proclaims uncompromising truth around the world through multiple ministry arms of Leading the Way. Learn more at ltw.org and make plans to listen to more of this life-changing event on the next Leading the Way. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.